The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Alumni Ventures. Invest with confidence. Discover the power of venture investing with Alumni Ventures, America's largest venture firm for individual investors. Learn more at av.vc. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of Negotiate Anything. Thanks for spending time with us today. It's listeners like you in 181 different countries that have made Negotiate Anything the most popular negotiation and conflict resolution podcast in the world. I'm your host, Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer, mediator, professor, and the director of the American Negotiation Institute. Before we get started, I have two quick questions for you. Is negotiation a critical part of what you do? Do you need to resolve conflict and persuade at work? If you answered yes to both of those questions, visit our website to learn more about our negotiation workshops. We've traveled the country working with professionals just like you, and we'd love to have the opportunity to work with you too. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Welcome to the Negotiate Anything podcast. My name is Shane Ray Martin, and I'll be your guest host interviewing the one, the only, Kwame Christian. Now, the purpose of today is to provide you actionable insights, tips, and ultimately takeaways for you to thrive in conflict and ultimately successfully negotiate in the new normal after COVID. We're expecting great content today, and we think it'd be to your benefit to listen to the whole show. So we absolutely understand if there are urgent obligations to attend to, but we hope you enjoy the show. Without further ado, Kwame, please introduce yourself and briefly share who you are and what experience you have in negotiations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for inviting me to my own show. I appreciate it. Uh, so my name is Kwame Christian. I'm the director of the American Negotiation Institute. And um, in this role, I conduct negotiation and conflict resolution trainings and um, also do one-on-one coaching. Uh, we have an online course. Shane is a proud graduate of the online course. It was great having him in there. And um, yeah, as far as background goes, I'm a business lawyer, mediator, and a professor of negotiation and mediation at The Ohio State University and at Otterbein University's MBA program, um, law school at OSU, Master of Public Policy at uh, OSU again, and not surprisingly, psychology degree from The Ohio State University. <laughs> well, Kwame, uh, I think you left out a lot because you wrote a book, you did a TED Talk. I mean, there could be a whole podcast on your list of accomplishments, let's be honest, but uh, it's a pleasure to be able to host you on your own show. And today is going to be awesome because we're going to talk about negotiating in the new normal. And I was going to ask you, it just came to my mind, have you ever seen the movie Captain Phillips? No, but I've seen the gifts and the memes from it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's an awesome gift when the when the pirate he hops onto Captain Phillips' ship and he takes control of the ship and he says, uh, "I'm the captain now." That's the one I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel right now. So I'm pretty excited, and uh, we're gonna dive right in if that's okay with you. And you know, for everyone listening in, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're in sales or procurement, we probably all heard the phrase now, the new normal. And thinking about how life is going to be different because of COVID and what it's done to our world as a whole, in your opinion, Kwame, what's, what's the new normal going to be like for you as a negotiator and also for the listeners of the show? Yeah, I think the the future is going to involve a lot more um, online communication, which is not going to be surprising. And I think even once we get to a point where maybe we're out of the woods, 
um, with regard to the, the whole uh, public health issue, we're still going to be doing a lot more online collaboration because com many companies have rec recognized that they can function while having people work remotely. That's the first thing. And a lot of times when we might have in the past hopped on a plane to close out a deal, I think a few more companies are going to be more reluctant to do that and say, well, if we can get um, more or less the same level of interaction and connection uh, via video chat, well, why don't we just do that and, and save a few thousand dollars in travel costs and then we can still get the same quality deal. So even after we get past this. Um, I think that the future of negotiation is going to be largely online. Wow. And I agree with you because there's a lot of shifts happening right now. And the good thing is you have, you're teaching people already how to negotiate online, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We had the, um, the online um, virtual negotiation and conflict resolution summit over 600 professionals came and shared their best ideas. And then as a result of that, we were able to take those great ideas from the, from the conference and bundle them into a, a handbook that was largely created by our chief operating officer, Catherine Kanapke, uh, 30 pages of high level negotiation uh, content, all free. And so if you go to, AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com slash virtual. You can get access to that handbook. And if you like it, send Catherine a message and, and tell her thank you <laughs> because she nice. worked really hard putting that together. And did you say free? I said free. Oh, I gosh. Free. And you know, it's funny uh, when people have seen it, they're like, you should have charged for this. But listen, we, we said at the beginning, it's, it's just all about creating this community and creating a, a valuable piece of content that could essentially be a public good for, for people around the world. And it's been really interesting to see how many people, not just domestically here in the U.S., but um, around the, the world came together at that summit to, to share some ideas. So it was a lot of fun. And I think the, the, the handbook is a, a perfect cherry on top <laughs> when it comes to giving high-level value. And speaking of high-level value, these courses, and as you're, there's a lot of preparation. Uh, Catherine, all of your team, yourself, are preparing a lot for these for these uh, summits and for the courses that are coming out. And so when we're talking about uh, preparing for a negotiation in the new world, whether it's virtually, email, et cetera, what should we be doing differently, if anything? Yeah, so I think we need to be mindful of the platforms we use and how we use them. I think that's a big thing. And so we can't just say, okay, well, I'm going to take these same negotiations and bring them virtual. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> and, and what's the best way to do it? Which platforms should we use at what time? And I think uh, we need to think strategically about how we communicate and, and negotiate on, on these platforms. But I think a lot of times it requires us to go back to the fundamentals and be a lot more um, mindful of, of doing things like summarizing uh, repeatedly because there's going to be a lower level of effective communication just because of the way that our brains operate. Even if we're trying our best to focus on a conversation digitally, it's more difficult. And if you think back to the episode with Lauren Newell, um, she talked about just how the uh, how distracting online negotiation can be, even if we're trying our best to focus. And so it's really important to, to stick to the basics, summarize, listen, ask questions, but really just making sure that both people are on the same page throughout the conversation. And then following up afterwards, again, just to make sure everybody's on the same page. So summarizing, ensuring that you're actively listening and ultimately responding appropriately? Exactly. I think it's just the fundamentals. And um, 
some of the things that I think we can get away with in person, uh, we won't be able to get away with online. And um, we can get away with not summarizing as much in person because the, the quality of communication is generally higher. But again, we, we need to stick to the basics and, and revisit those fundamentals at a higher level when it comes to online communication. Absolutely. And, and the, there are a lot of fundamentals addressed in the handbook that came out. And I hope everyone can get a chance to review it and find something that they can actually take into their daily life. Based on uh, your uh, creating the handbook and working with your team to do that, you know, there's a lot. What were some of your personal highlights of what you really appreciated from the handbook? I would say the, the clarity because a lot of times the things that were mentioned in the handbook might've been things that we knew on some level, but it brought it to our conscious awareness. And I think that's important because when it, when it comes to our actually implementing uh, these strategies and tactics, if it's not to that conscious level, then you're not going to be able to really do anything about it. And so I think it just, it, the biggest thing that you would get out of downloading that handbook and going through it is just a higher level of negotiation hygiene learning which mistakes to avoid and um, learning just best practices, things to keep in mind. I think the, that's the biggest takeaway. It, it cleans up those communications. And um, we focus on email, phone, video conference, even text message, just the, the top 10 challenges, the top 10 opportunities, and then five things to keep in mind to, to maximize outcomes. And it's so interesting reading the handbook because the structure of it is so clear. So I agree 100% the challenges and just the takeaways. So um, gosh, people, I really hope that they can read that because it's super, super, super helpful. Um, you. Whether, you're, whether you're negotiating with a family member or, or with a friend. And so that kind of, that, now I'm curious because you're a father, you're an entrepreneur, you're an author. I mean, the Google Doc of all your accomplishments is 10 pages long. So... <laughs> And so we're talking about negotiating with family. A lot of us are at home uh, either right now or in the past, we've been at home a lot because of, of COVID. So how do you like balance negotiations at home and preserve the relationship when you're spending so much time with someone, uh, with a family member? Yeah, it's, it's really tough. And I think um, in, in the episode where we had Laura Heck on the uh, relationship therapist, she did a great job of, of outlining that. And I think it really comes down to first addressing the issue of pressure, because when you're so close to people all the time, it, you get annoyed <laughs> very easily. You're constantly under pressure and um, pressure cookers are, are great uh, for cooking food, but some people use them to make bombs. <laughs> and so <laughs> if, if you don't manage that pressure, there could be an explosive situation. And so I think one of the things that we have to do when we're in a situation where we're resolving conflict with people we care about who are close to us and they're constantly close to us is first get some perspective, find a way to get some distance, some space between you so you can think, you can decompress, and then you can actually have the conversation at a high level. Because I think some people are, are trying to have these difficult conversations um, when they're just not emotionally or psychologically ready to have it. Does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe that your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to chat. These workshops are completely customizable and we've done them all around the country. 
Negotiation and conflict resolution skills are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly, and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And now, back to the show. Hi, I'm Jonathan Fields. Tune in to my podcast for conversations about the sweet spot between work, meaning, and joy. And also listen to other people's questions about how to get the most out of that thing we call work. Check out Spark wherever you enjoy podcasts. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and so many tools to keep track of. Doing business can be hard, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. Higher quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. That's so good because I know you talk a lot about how the best things are often on the other side of difficult conversations. And an actionable tip that I've been able to see work in my own home is the principle or the idea of, we call it short accounts, short accounts. So if something's on your mind or something's on your heart because of something else someone did in your house, we talk, we address it immediately. Say, hey, short accounts, call me. I really didn't appreciate X, Y, Z, or, you know, call me, you haven't unloaded the dishwasher in uh, three weeks now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but I think that's really applicable in negotiations too, because sometimes we hold back from what we, from what we, we're afraid to ask for what we want. We're afraid to bring, point out the obvious. And so it makes me curious to hear your opinion on like, how do we collect the confidence to address that and to like really speak our mind because we care about the person. Yeah. And I love that approach of having the short accounts and ha- actually having a language for it uh, because essentially you're, you're priming the other person to, uh, to accept the message in a specific way that you've already pre-negotiated. And so I think that's a great approach and you're absolutely right. I think it's important in these business relationships too, to make sure that we are letting the other person know um, where we stand on certain issues. And a lot of times we try out of um, either conflict avoidance because of fear or because we think that we're being selfish and we want to try to preserve the relationship by not asking for too much. Um, Regardless, it it has an eroding effect on the relationship because there's something that you want to say and address that can't be addressed. And um, even if we're, like I said, even if we're doing it for their well-being, it causes damage. And so uh, one of the my favorite quotes about boundaries is that boundaries setting boundaries effectively is an act of love. It's an act of self love and love mm-hmm. for the other person. And um, in, in business, we might not be talking about love, but we're talking about respect. And in these instances, when we're, when we are able to generate the confidence to have those conversations and, and say, Hey, that this bothers me. Hey, I'd like to change this, those type of things. What we're doing is we're giving the other side an opportunity to be a better partner, to be a better colleague. And um, if you do it in the right way, the relationship can flourish as as a result. Do you have a story or an example of a client or someone you've worked with uh, recently with everything going on 
in the world changing so quickly where they might have been hesitant to ask for something or been holding back and then they did and then there was a good result anything come to mind yeah i mean catherine is, is a great example um because in in the office here I, i'm you'll probably you saw it in the course you could see like when we had the sparring session at the end of the course how um that that one was pretty real because what we did in the sparring session was Kwame has a crazy idea that he thinks is amazing. Catherine says, Kwame, you need to think through this. <laughs> we can't do that. Yep. That's a dynamic that happens all the time. And so there are some opportunities that have come up um, that I was really excited about that she had to have a difficult conversation with me to say, hey, when it comes to implementation, that's probably likely, not probably, that's definitely going to be on my plate. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about how, how we implement this. And uh, just by being comfortable enough to have those difficult conversations as the problems arise, it's been incredibly helpful for our, our working relationship so we can operate smoothly and um, continue to run the business. It reminds me of the book Radical Candor, where it talks a little bit about, hey, and this is paraphrasing, but you can say whatever you want to someone as long as it's out of respect, love, and in their in their interest too. And it sounds like that's kind of because you have so much respect for Catherine that you're able to speak candidly about how you feel and ultimately get things done together. Exactly. And I tell you, it, it really helps being so engrossed in this content because I know whenever the conversation starts to get a little bit tense or touchy, I just yep. resort back to the, the compassionate curiosity framework. I, I say to myself, hey, Kwame, if you were coaching somebody through this, what would you tell them to do? Oh, duh. Uh, then it becomes a, a lot easier to, to handle the situation. But again, that's, a, that's an example of giving myself a little bit of perspective. Because when you're in, in the moment, sometimes you get a little bit frustrated. And I know for me, just being, you know, candid here um the the feeling that i feel is a lot of frustration because i say can't you see this is a great idea don't you trust in my brilliant idea but it's not about that i can't take offense to it um i need to learn and most of the time she's right <laughs> yeah that's true yeah that's it's it's very very interesting and another trend to that i think we're gonna see is that with COVID, you know, a lot of people are in tough spots. Uh, a lot of people might even be more sensitive to traditional negotiation phrases and tactics because their budgets are cut or things are happening within their companies. And, you know, I know you're, you're, you know, pretty straightforward type of guy and you're also a recovering people pleaser like myself. And so how do we, as great negotiators, how do you not sound mean or pushy, but still ultimately get what you want? when you're in a negotiation during a crisis or after the crisis and the new normal. Yeah. And again, thinking about sticking to the fundamentals, let's go back to the compassionate curiosity framework. Ooh, so let's go. Have, I love it. <laughs> go. So we have acknowledge and validate emotions, getting curious with compassion and then joint problem solving three steps, just focus on that. And so when we're acknowledging emotions in that situation, what, what are the emotions the other side is feeling? Um, they're feeling frustrated with the situation. They're feeling scared. They're unsure of what the future holds. And they're probably annoyed with so many of their clients coming back and trying to renegotiate contracts, right? And so by, if we try to avoid acknowledging those things, it's not like those feelings go away. 
they probably start to bubble up even more. And so oftentimes, and I've told my, my, my coaching clients to do this and it's helped. I've done this with some of my contracts and it's helped. I've just say, listen, I know this is really frustrating for you. And it's probably annoying that everybody's asking for a discount or a change in the, uh, in, in, in the contract. So before we even get started, how, how are you doing? Um, how has this impacted you? And then we give them an opportunity to talk, vent, let it go, and then shift to getting curious with compassion. And so we might ask uh, one of those hypothetical questions. So I know um, we're in a tough situation, but what would have to happen for us to be eligible for a discount in this situation? Something like that. Mm. And so what I'm trying to do there is trigger creativity because most likely they want to turn it into a binary type of situation. Yes or no. Hey, Kwame, no. Um, So instead, what I would do is, listen, I know you want to say no, but with this question, what I'm asking you to do is we're projecting a future where you said yes. What would it take for you to be comfortable with that? And so approaching it with that, uh, with that type of curious mindset helps people to engage. And then last step, joint problem solving. As you start to get to the point where you're sharing in information, um, you're just collaboratively negotiating to try to figure out what's next. Well, it's almost like you wrote about that in a book. I know. <laughs> it's, it's in my dreams. When I- <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's so good. I love, I love actionable in simple to remember formulas. It's, it's like in sales too, when we're overcoming objections, it's so important to acknowledge their emotions first because it allows our, it puts our guards down in a way. So by labeling emotions, it sounds like, it seems like, et cetera. And I think that's what you're describing, right? You're acknowledging them first and saying, hey, I recognize this situation. And, and your tone goes, this is really tough. This is tough. And then making your ask. That's so, that's so, so, so good. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's so applicable to whether you're a mother, father, or a business leader, or a salesperson or working in procurement. So absolutely. For, for everyone, it seems like fear and uncertainty is fairly high, even as we, as we begin to shift to kind of the new normal, because things are going to be different like we talked about a moment ago. And there are a lot of studies that suggest we perform as negotiators at a higher level when we're in a more positive mindset. And you're one of the most positive people I know. Thank you. (laughs) And so I'm just so curious, and I think a lot of people are curious, is like, how do you put your, like, how do you remain in that mindset? Like, how do you personally manage your emotions in a time like this? It's tough. And I'll, I'll say this, it's easier for me to do it in the business world than it is at home. Um, because for me, I'm a, I'm a competitive guy. Um, entrepreneurship is, is fun for me. I like competing. And when times get tough, I say, oh, this is fantastic. Now, uh, I, I think about it like another chapter in my book. I can't wait to see how this chapter ends because I know I'm going to figure it out. And I think it's my approach to conflict resolution, my strategy in general is, is really just a microcosm of my entire life approach. And so in the book and in the Ted talk, I always talk about the fact that conflict is an opportunity. Conflict is an opportunity. And now in entrepreneurship, I say to myself, Oh, this, this, this health crisis, 
I, if I'm creative enough, I can find an opportunity in that. And that's what the summit was, just an opportunity to create more value, meet new people and, and create a community. And so at home, it's a little bit more challenging because it, at work, I can say, okay, I'm the captain of this ship <laughs> and, <I> can, <laughs> and, and um, I'm going to do what I want to do. Uh, but at home, I have other people who have um, different emotional needs and whatnot. And so I have to be more accommodating in, in those situations. And so it's, it's tough having that same go-getter mentality when you have to make sure that everybody is, is, is still on board because I can't just be, hey, listen, I'm the boss, let's do it. <laughs> you can't do that. Um, Whitney is an equal partner. Kai has a voice as well. It's a little voice, he's four, but he has a voice as well. So I need to be a lot more accommodating. And so it requires a higher level of patience uh, for me at, at home, um, which is challenging, but you have to figure out a way to get through it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why so many people look up to you, Kwame, and I, I'm not going to hold back here. I think a lot of people look up to you because you were a business lawyer several years ago, and you decided you wanted to change. And so you started the American Negotiation Institute, and which is now one of the top podcasts, negotiation podcasts in the world, and you have thousands of followers all over the world. So for our listeners, what advice do you have today for someone who might be on the fence about starting a new venture in the new normal? I think what we have to recognize is you, when it comes to making good decisions, good decisions are not really um, determined by the short term. They're determined by the long term. And so what I do is I try to project myself into the future. Um, it might sound a little bit morbid, but I think about it from the, the deathbed perspective. So if this is my last day, and I think back to the decision that I make on this day, many, many years ago, um, how would I feel about the decision I did or did not make? And so for me, the way that I've changed it is that I've shifted my focus to the risk, from the risk of failure to the risk of regret. That's terrifying. Because if you look back on something that you did that was wrong, that feeling of regret, I mean, that's hard to get over. That's a, that's, that's, that's a profound and deep pain. And so if I try something and I fail, I'm cool with that. I'm okay with that. I'll recover. That's fine. But if I don't take a shot that I should have taken, I mean, that it's, it's hard for me to look back and respect that guy. And so I always want to be that person uh, where I can look at that decision and respect it. It mm. makes me think about the quote, uh, rejection is better than regret. The unknown of if you didn't take the chance and start, American Negotiations Institute or someone who's thinking about starting a YouTube channel or launching their business online. It's like, that's an opportunity and people can do it. And I think that you're a good example of that. And the show is a good example of that. And now you have a team and A&I is growing and growing and the future is so, so big. And I'm thankful to just be a tiny little speck in that. And I hope that the listeners today were able to catch a glimpse of a little bit into the world of the new normal and how the American Negotiation Institute is going to continue to provide value for those who are listening and fans of the show. As we wrap up, I really just wanted to open it up to you, Kwame, and just maybe ask you, what do you wanna leave people thinking about or what do you wanna challenge people with as we go forward together in the new normal? Yeah, so the, the first thing is um, just the example of our relationship here, Shane, because 
for the folks who don't know, Shane uh, was a listener of the show. He reached out uh, on LinkedIn. We connected and now we're buddies. And here's the thing. I, I tell people all the time, reach out to me on LinkedIn, connect. I'll send you a message. We'll have a conversation. Um, and I will keep that promise as long as I can. <laughs> it's becoming more difficult, but I, I, it really means a lot to me. And so um, reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's the first thing. And then the next challenge is to use the framework because everybody who listens to the framework, they say, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's something I can do. But we need to start to generate that habit of engagement. And so here's the thing. Like I said, this framework is intentionally simple and the goal is to create it in a way that allows you to use it in your most difficult conversations, both at work and at home. And so you need to practice it make it a habit. And so in your next difficult conversation, use the compassion and curiosity framework, acknowledge emotions, get curious with compassion and engage in joint problem solving. And you'll start to see that it will, it'll help and increase your likelihood of success. And if it does, since we're, we'll be connected on LinkedIn, <laughs> send me a message and let me know. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I hope everyone does connect with you on LinkedIn and follows the American Negotiation Institute because there's lots of great content coming out that's actionable, easy to understand, and ultimately can help you improve your life and the relationships that you're in. So we appreciate everyone for tuning in, either this morning or this afternoon, whatever time you may be listening, and we hope to follow you and connect with you on LinkedIn. Have a great, great day, everyone. Congratulations, you've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.